episode 234, the Bryson Stott average episode. We've got spring training underway. The WBC is knocking stars out left, right, and center. And we're tonight going to talk about additions, injuries, extensions. Ty, there is no time to waste. It's time for Dingers! This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Jared Kalenic that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined as always by Robbie Baseball from what looks like an NRA rally um, with the old Dodge Power Wagon in the back. <laughs> well, come on, Ty. Big truck news, as I had said on Twitter, was coming on the next podcast um and i mean the truck she is alive once again i got it to run last sunday i got the timing all sorted out very proud of myself redid all of the engines electrical digicals by myself and as soon as it ran and i immediately took the carburetor off so that i could rebuild it and it's just going to be fun times this spring uh with fantasy baseball trucks and boats Mm-mm-mm. I guess I got to work also, but <laughs> yeah, for I'll those of you not watching the live stream, he's got a, a picture of the Dodge 79 power wagon. He's got a piece of straw hanging out of his mouth and overalls. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a camel on my hat, but that's a minor league ball team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, so we're, this is, this is my favorite time of the year too, Robbie, but it's because of spring training statistics, not because of anything that you listed. Uh, right you know <laughs> but yeah. we're gonna get into it today there's there's lots of real fun juicy stuff in this spring like you know there's hype on prospects like if you look at this list with the wbc we've got qualified guys leading categories that are just like they're, they're reach guys these are guys you reach for in your drafts and it's gonna make for some interesting seasons especially redraft probably like i think redraft's gonna be crazy this year but we're gonna get into that before we do Let's do what we're the best at. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Oh, there was some good squeaky. That was that was a fresh cork, so that yeah, was, yours was nice, very clean. Um, mm, mm, uh, yeah, how about a Woodford, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. Yeah, there you go. And and well, I mean, I it might base. be just gentlemen and a lady, so we don't actually know. Yeah. The, <laughs> should probably look at the demographic stats. Ah, uh, whatever. Well, we know the demographic stats aren't good enough that they're following on Twitter. Because uh, through the baseball pods 
fantasy baseball tournament bracket. We were one and done this year, which was unfortunate, but um, we went up against FTN, which uh, is a very large site with, they probably have more employees than we did votes for. So they could have just sent a little quick company internal email and ended that one <laughs> PDQ this year with us. Uh, but I feel like that, that has lost a lot of its once upon a time fun, which it, I think it started during COVID and everybody well, had lots of free time I, on I, their hands at that point in time. But so. I think the big reason it's become less fun though, isn't because it's, you know, it's, it's just set up to skew towards big platforms, right? They need to set 100%. it so that there's a bracket for different categories, right? So, yep. you know, similar to the way the NCAA splits, they don't put all their best in one category, right? You know, um, and then sometimes they intentionally put good teams against each other early on. Like um, we're recording on a Friday night, FDU just 16 seed just upset Purdue tonight, which is a crazy, crazy upset. Mm. Um, second team in history to do that. So fun things though, these can happen in the baseball pods, but it should be like industry sites, right? So if you are owned by NBC or you're owned by right. a, a large platform, you should be there because really like that can be their own mini championship, right? They all fight each other for number one in their bracket and they can call that their own thing. Right. But then it gives all of the smaller platforms something to do. It's, it's, it's an easy solution just a matter of putting it into action that's yeah i like that idea i th also think just the fact that like three of the four years it's been tainted by people trying to like uh well in one case like bot voting a couple years ago i think that was last year there was some bot voting going on um a couple years ago it was somebody who contacted somebody from a different platform and was like hey can you have someone you know your spouse tweet about this and they directed a whole bunch of people like so it's just it hasn't been listeners and i mean for yeah. us we're not trying to gain listeners through the podcast episode by episode um because you you kind of find us i think organically for the most part if you come to us through twitter that's awesome um we used to be a lot more engaged um but as time and and life has went on twitter's become less of an entrance point and more of an attack point for people where they mm -hmm. just want to tell you you're wrong even though it's like off-season stuff or dynasty rankings and all that stuff so i mean you withdraw a bit because you don't want to go on there to um get into those conversations you're happy to have the debates of course but it's got to be like a debate where somebody knows what they're talking about with you not just somebody saying why do you have you know nathan Lowe is or yeah nathaniel Lowe is your number six dynasty first baseman that's stupid and that is their argument um and you know you try to reference like well did you see what he did in the second half last year i didn't like ranking him that high but watch the drop off and think about what's going to happen in texas and then you yeah. try to logic into the conversation and then they start getting into ex wobas and um, you're like no 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 it's baseball it's not just stat. <laughs> we're not buying stocks uh here yeah. based on you know sales information we're looking at potential outcomes here uh, in a more yeah. realistic sense so anyway yeah if i, I mean here's here's the here's the crazy thing that i would have fired back at him Robbie. he's of those three guys that are the major ones on that team i think he's the most likely to be a potential mvp candidate Right. And that's saying something with Seeger and Simeon there. So, like, that's, I'm, I would Mom. back you there. Yeah. And I will say this, though. SB's in the bag, Bubba. That's what I'd like to call I, him. I will say this, though. No one attacks me on Twitter about my no Marmazar take. So, that's like we're, <laughs> we are good. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, that's basically, that was like a joke of the day, Ty, but I've got one for you. Um, so, mm -hmm. I was mentioning my truck earlier, got it running. So, uh, it's not safety allowed on the road yet, but, you know, I had to go get some air in the tires. 
went to the local gas station and go to get it. And there's a, there's a charge. And I'm like, what in the heck? I have not paid to put air in my tires in years. So I went inside. I didn't have any cash on me. And I said, what's going on? Why are you guys charging me for air in the tires? And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, inflation. Jeez. I feel like I can't tell if you made that up or not, but either way, it's a terrible <laughs> joke. I actually have a base. I have a baseball related one, which is why did the baseball team hire a pastry chef? Mm. Oh, I'm very interested. I don't they know why. Or batters. There you go. I like it. I'm going to bring that one to work. I am bringing that one to work. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I thought you'd like that one. I do. So tonight, Ty, we're just we're making it fun and exciting for everybody. We're going through some spring training hot news, uh, or so I should say, baseball hot news, mostly spring training related, of course. And if you've got an injury on somebody from you know that you roster in Dynasty, we're going to talk about the guy that got hurt and then what the team might be thinking. And in addition to that, some spring training stats because we get excuse me, we can't get away from them during this precious time of the year for you. So um, we'll kick it off with former Blue Jay prospect, now Minnesota Twin. Uh, prospect, I guess now converted outfielder Austin Martin shut down now with the UCL sprain and spring training. That is unfortunate. We've talked about him a little bit, how the dynasty shine or sorry, the value has worn off through dynasty leagues. And this might be a good time to pick him up. I, I would say you could double down on that right now, Ty, if you still feel that way. Um, I'm not in the Austin Martin book of acquire. But for those that are, it just got a lot easier. But I would just like to reference Minnesota, Royce Lewis. Um, you could have some issues here. I don't know if it's a, you know, once upon a time, Josh Donaldson complained about Toronto not being in a position to allow his body to heal the right way as, as far as he was concerned. Um, maybe Minnesota has an issue with that too. I don't know. But um, what are your thoughts on that with Austin Martin? At all interested? I mean, I'm out on Austin Martin. This This just feels like, uh, one of those injuries that's going to keep him out for long enough for him to hit the gym for six straight months. Like that just feels like that's what this is. Is like, go beef up, like do limited baseball activity. Like you're not strong enough to be a pro. You've got all the other skill sets. Just go get strong. Right. And whether so like, it's a UCL thing underneath of it, I don't know. It just feels like one of those phantom injuries to me. I don't think they would do that this time of the year. Like, but maybe they're trying to just get him out of the USADA uh, pool so that he can. Why, up. why wouldn't they do it this time of year, though? No, but this time because of year this is, is when you because then play, you play baseball. The, well, no, this is when you play the forty-man roster game, right? So this is where some guy, other guys that are out of options, find a spot on the roster because somebody's on an extended injury reserve, right? I don't even so, know if Martin's on the forty-man yet. Is he? Did he come up I'm at the end of last sure year? He is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. I could, okay. I could be well, wrong, but yeah, either way, Austin question, Martin, the sh I, yeah, the shine is worn off on him, but somebody who everybody loves to hate, uh, give me a hand, give me a Brad hand out in the Rockies organization. So this is a sign and forget. I would still argue he would be at best a seventh inning guy, which means he's a hold league only points league only type acquisition. Um, Daniel Bard is the closer signed the extension last year. And on top of that, you've got hard-throwing Pierce Johnson, who spent the last three years with San Diego. Um, I would prefer to have Pierce Johnson over Brad Hand. Brad Hand is just trying to extend his career, and I hope he does, but I don't want to roster him anywhere. Do you know who could be a really interesting, relevant piece in the second half in that bullpen? And it's crazy to even say this out loud. Riley Pint. 
we might see him in the pros this year. Like he had a bounce back last year. Like and and he's got the frame. He's a big, tall, lanky guy. We've talked about this, right? These guys always take the longest to figure it out. Um, well, he did quit for a brief period of time to get himself sorted. So, yeah, yeah, maybe. So it'll be interesting to see what what comes back there. But I I like that one. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about the surf draft, or should we hold that off yeah, for later? I, I like I like it. Um, I I'm really proud of myself, Robbie. Um, well, tell everybody what it is, so that. Yeah, so the Surf League is the Canadian lag of the bigger Earth League, which is a bit of an industry or, um, let's say, committed dynasty players or redraft players mixed into a bigger pile. Um, so there's a there's a league component to whoever has the, the highest Roto uh, category points. There is a um, individual component, and, and we are in the Canadian League. There's a... Great Lakes League, there is a Southeast, there's a Bay League, there's all kinds of different leagues all over the place uh, as part of a bigger thing. Part of it uh, is we're raising some funds for some charities. Uh, that's a big part component of it. It's required to be in person, so we got to do that last week. Uh, thanks to Nick in our league for hosting us at the bar. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was in Hamilton, Ontario, for those of you that don't know where that is, use a map. Um, this is, <laughs> it's where the Pittsburgh Penguins didn't move to roughly 20 years ago <laughs> for anyone who knows what that is. It's, we're only talking to Canadians at this point in time. Remember Blackberry? <laughs> well, the guy that yeah, owned it, it wasn't even move, there. <laughs> yeah. The guy that owned, owned Blackberry tried to move, uh, the Penguins to Hamilton. It didn't happen. But anyway, there's also a bar that we were at there. Um, yeah, and and it it was fun. So anyway, Ty, about the draft, how did how did you feel about your team? Well, and, a heck and of a did lot you have better a strategy. No, I never go to a, stra- a league okay. with strategy. You, you know this, um, but I'm really proud of myself because I got rated by the fancy pros as the last in our league. So that means I'm going to do good uh, because <laughs> that that ranking system just doesn't have a lot of uh, validity. Um, so I'm excited, but I I think I did well. I mean, for me. Almost entirely, my strategies are, are consist of what everyone else does and watching the patterns and what falls to me. I usually have a brief target of a couple of positions I want to get early. And I said it to you while we were at the draft. I hate the first couple of rounds of redraft. I hate it because it's just a crapshoot. And some of the best guys get hurt. Like Edwin Diaz was, I think, the first closer off the board. That sucks. Uh, he's done. So we'll get we'll probably get ahead of myself there. But my, my strategy is just find value where there's not. And I said to you, as the draft went on, my strategy became just guys that had been bumped way back on ADP, right? Like a guy like Ozzy Albies, right? A guy like Josh Donaldson, I got super late. So things like that just kind of fell to me. I was happy to take them. I will say this. The one concern I have is my pitching, although could be good, is definitely a little riskier than I would traditionally like my pitching to be. Okay. How about you? How do you, how and, do you feel walking away? Well, I mean, last year I, I did the, uh, walked in with the same strategy that I had used across the board in my redrafts, which was, um, I'm taking guys with a strong history of 20 plus stolen bases who also have 70 runs, 70 RBI potential, legit potential. Like they've done it before and could easily do it again. Um, what happened was in doing that, I decided I could find a whole bunch of 
pitchers who were going to be able to compile me a bunch of stats and it was going to be okay on the pitching side um, in my head. I had, I had mapped out ways in which to do it. So it was very um, well thought out and it did not pan out whatsoever. And I struggled a lot. So this year I thought I'm going to go more traditional and do something that I don't typically do, which is I'm going to cover my corner uh, infield positions and make sure I've got a couple of locked rocks in. And I pitched, I drafted from the nine spot. So in a snake draft, it was like nine and 21 or something like that is where I was. So I thought, well, I'm going to go with one of three guys. If for some reason, um, judge falls to me, I'll take him, but I don't think he should. Otherwise I'm going to potentially take, you know, um, Soto or Otani and it ended up being Otani, which why wouldn't it? Right. I mean, that's, that's my boy. If we're picking one, you know, if, if I have a mm-hmm. favorite son, it's Shohei. Um, and then on the way back, I'm trying to remember exactly where, where I went here. I think I went with Devers. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I was kind of off to the races at that point, ended up Matt Olson was my first baseman. And I had a, a good, solid-looking infield. I was happy with that. I think Verlander may have been my next one. And all of a sudden, I had had uh, two pitchers 10 rounds earlier than I had the year before in all my other drafts. So I felt I felt good about it. Because drafting Otani, especially, specifically through the NFBC website, you pick whether he's a hitter or a pitcher. So I thought it allowed me to make him my pitcher. And if I have a good rotation without him, and he's he's hot at the dish... Um, I have the uh, option to go in and, and kind of get him. But what I did do was uh, early on, I thought outside of Stephen Kwan, who I wanted to make sure I got for the average and the 70-70 potential that he's got, was I wanted to take chances with my outfield because there's five positions. And in MLB in general, there's just more outfielders than there are any other you know non-starting pitcher, uh, relief pitcher position. But in NFBC, they only count closes. So relief pitchers are limited in their value. So anyway, I thought the pool to draw from for improving my team in one spot with the least amount of auction dollars or the fab was going to be the outfield. But I drafted guys that I was comfortable taking, knowing that there would be changes made soon enough. And outside of Stephen Kwan that I had drafted early, the rest of my outfields, Jared Kelnick, who honestly I don't like, but I'm taking, and he's got four dingers in spring training, and, and it's okay. Trace Thompson, who had 34, I think, between AAA and MLB last year. Bubba Thompson, who swiped over 60 bags. You kind of get the idea. I'm picking categories with these guys. Um, Jack Swinski with Pittsburgh, another uh, bat-first, power-first type guy. And then there were guys that you kind of mentioned that you picked that had fall, slipped back a little bit. Um, Ezekiel Tovar with Colorado. I decided to take a chance on him. C.J. Abrams. Similar situation, and I did get Wander Franco, so I I should have a good shortstop between all those guys. I should have one good one, um, and then some of my other chances are Bryce Harper when he comes back. That will be a guy for me. I'm hoping for a James Outman. That's with guy with the Dodgers to be effective. I did take a chance and also wanted to piss you off by taking Nolan Jones. But when we talk about spring training stats, that's far less fun and exciting than it was when I drafted. Um, but yeah, I just I kind of like what I did. I I still took the type of pitchers I normally take, but this time I took them when they're supposed to be taken, which is like in the two hundreds instead of like in the one fifties, like I kind of forced myself to last year. So I'm quite comfortable headed into this year. Uh, whereas last year I felt like I needed some things to break my way this year. I just need health and I should have a really competitive team and get to add to it without spending, you know, $200 to try to add, you know, uh, category guy whenever it starts to occur in may right i'm not going to need to go and get that uh, hundred dollar 
April guy that breaks out, right? That Mercedes or uh, I guess Quan was one of them last year who, if he wasn't drafted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was really interesting. And like, we were, you know, looking at some of the other picks going off the board, like, you know, there, there's some guys that went a little earlier than I thought in that draft. Uh, but you know, like that's where I'm in last in the preseason ranking. So what do I know? Um, well, and that's, that's a lot of watching draft boards, Ty, like a lot of the guys who get the idea of based on what are other people who play on NFBC scene and should mm -hmm. I dive into that and jump the line, which, um, Ryan, who, you know, thanks Ryan for organizing the draft and uh, managing all of, all of us cats, um, to get us all there for the draft. He, he talked about it like round 11. He had a guy, I don't remember if it was Garrett Mitchell or who, whoever it was. He, I think he just knew based on like when you want the guy, you've got to take him this round because he's not necessarily going to be there any later. And I thought, yeah, that's a very site specific thing. You could look on Yahoo, do the same thing. You can look on Fantrax. And because of the dynasty aspect, Fantrax can be a little more wonky than the rest. But if you see a guy typically going like ADP is 150, um, then you know you need to get him at 115. Otherwise, he could be gone because some drafts he'll slip back to the 180s. Other times he's 120. Mm -hmm. So you just have to, you know, kind of play the site that you're on to get that info. But um, anyway, you haven't had any players get, you know, injured since the draft, have you? No, I mean, I, Karma says I should be good because every one of my players got hurt last year. So I would hope that there's a little bounce back in the step here uh, moving through. But yeah, I mean, I like it. I know you, Contana went down for you. Um, that was a that was a draft in in another format, but um, yeah, that was in the dynasty know, league. He was my first round pick. I was very excited to be aggressive on him, and just thinking really good, happy thoughts. Um, not so much. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not so much was, on guitar I, anymore. <laughs> I, and that was my reaction when you took him. I was I was a little surprised on that one, but um, you know, I, I don't I don't hate it. It just I thought you could have got him in the next round. That was all. Um, but at the same time, injuries do happen. And, and there's not a lot we can do about it. Sorry to all the Edwin Diaz owners out there. Um, I think Freddie Freeman's fr fine, even though uh, the egos of the rest of the Canadian players are destroyed um, after getting pumped by Mexico. I mean, listen, you know, you have to, when you talk baseball, you can't load the bases multiple times in a game for Randy or, or Rosarina. Like, there's only a handful of guys you just don't load the bases for. And he's one of those guys. Uh, and, and he... Cracked it open. They they had a chance in that game, even without Freddie. They just couldn't get the right guys out. Um, but injuries do happen. Freddie Freeman uh, looks like he'll be fine for opening day. It was just a tweak, and I think that's the old. Uh, I make a lot of money over here, guys. Team said I can't screw around. I gotta I gotta shut it down. Um, but there's lots of guys. Justin Justin Dunn's another guy that's going to be um, on the shelf at the beginning of the year here. We don't really know a lot here, Robbie. They haven't put a lot out there. It, it's kind of like he's hurt. We don't know how long it's going to take. I think very similar to what we talked about with Austin Martin off the top. A little bit like maybe a Nate Pearson who was hurt, not hurt, all of last year trying to get his stuff figured out. Um, the, the, we might be there with Justin Dunn because, you know, the thing that I've said to you over the last couple of years with Dunn, I've always been concerned with the violent release and just – the stuff's not bad, but I just, I, this was always my concern with Dunn is whether he can stay on the mound enough to give you value. Yeah. There's, I'm trying, sorry, I'm trying, just trying to find anything that was recent on him. There's uh, just not a whole there, lot from what I've seen. If there was something specific, 
to the injury <clears throat> that I wrote down because I wrote that note about a week ago, I think is when they'd said it. And I was just looking yesterday at uh, some of the pitchers who had had a lot of innings and I had seen of all people uh, like Dane Dunning <laughs> had had a, a whole bunch of um, sorry on the MLB app. I'm picking uh, my new team because it's updating. So Ty, now I will automatically go to the Seattle Mariners. Mariners. Yeah. Boom. Traitor. Give me all the notifications. Give me every notification. MLB.com app. Anyway, um, no, I will not pay $25 a month to not watch uh, games in my area. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, I, I was just looking at some of those guys and I thought some innings are going or innings, any counts are getting up a little bit for some of these guys who could finish spring training if they're not careful with 30 plus innings here. Uh, and then it just made me kind of wonder what's normal for a tr uh, for a pitcher in spring training. And it, it varies greatly based on who the mm -hmm. pitcher is. So there are a lot of guys who would be entering their like age 24 to, through 26 year who have not become official major leaguers at this point, you know, like locked and loaded rotation guys. Who will end up with 20, 22 to, to 30 innings um, in an attempt to get into the rotation? And I feel like that's a bad sign if they're putting 30 in before and then the expectation is to what push for another 170 out of them. Because I think we all forget about spring training totals. Um, yep. We should see 50 or less spring training at bats for most regulars. Uh, and then with the World Baseball Classic, it does definitely throw it up in the air for uh totals because you get guys like Otto lopez who are getting four or five at bats based on you know the, the team they're playing for with canada that they're not going to see if they're playing um with the blue jays uh yeah. so some little bits speaking, involved speaking of which, really quick for anybody that is in in deeper formats Otto lopez is going to be the the last man on the toronto roster um his, his clock so? started yeah his clock started last year they need the extra right-handed bat and he can play multiple positions so it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, everyone, I in, me, myself included, likes Addison Barger in the long run. Um, but I, I think uh, Lopez is going to be out of camp. And and I think partly okay. because he has less of a long-term huge upside, whereas Barger could be a real long-term guy at third. I think they're going to send him to play more third at AAA, make sure he's comfortable with the position. Um, and let Otto sit on the bench at the major league level. That's my take. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Um, well, we'll, we'll keep rolling through here with other guys. We got uh, Detroit taking a shot with Trevor Rosenthal, minor league deal. Um, you know, it's interesting. Detroit does have the potential to be able to give him closes because they don't have a locked and loaded mm -hmm. guy, but a lot needs to break right for Rosenthal to be in that spot. I just don't, Lux is I don't think he's straight up better than Justin Lang. Just to, I, I, at this stage, he once was. Yeah, for he hasn't sure. been healthy to be able to. Yeah, yeah he certainly hasn't but been even able when, to say, look at my track record recently. But even when he was, I just don't know that he's better than Justin Lang. Like, period. Well, first, Lang's got to get the job, I guess. Then we'll have to see yeah. where it goes Lang, from Lang's there. got the job. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's his job Foley's, yeah, it was it's his job to lose, but we know Foley, you know, is knocking on the door. And I believe Foley's having a decent spring. Um, Gavin Lux is going to miss this upcoming season. Um, who do we think is gonna be the shortstop second base solution that the Dodgers come up with? Um it's, it's gotta be Bush, right? Well, it 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 could would should be, uh, if you are looking at the logical way that a team should roll out 
their depth, but the Dodgers do anything but the logical thing. And what they do is they find the next Max Muncy. So um, who is going to be that Muncy type guy? It could just end up at this moment in time being um, Rojas regularly playing, Vargas regularly playing at second base. And then we could see what could come of any one of those guys in the Dodger depth system. So I'm just going to try to very quickly take a look beyond um, Michael Bush, excuse me, Jemai Jones, once upon a time, a uh, prospect with the Angels, was with Baltimore last year. Now he's in camp. Um, Jorbit Vitas, who was in the AFL, but he's only 22. That could be another, like, kind of out of nowhere option. And then, um, at, well, I don't know. Cody Jose is a legit third base, I guess. So I wouldn't yeah. want to put him in that. I, I think they want Muncie at third. Um, if not, he's DHing, but I, I do think that's what they're aiming for is to get him in at third. I've got an interesting one that this is a this is a flyer for sure, but this is somebody that I think we talked about a little bit. Austin Gauthier, Gauthier, uh, G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R. He was a non-drafted guy in, out of 20 or sorry, in 2021. Um, he's going to be 24 next month. And uh, why wouldn't they? They spent nothing to get him. And if if he's good, I think he's a massive OBP guy. I'm going to really quickly have a look. He's a six foot, 190 pound righty bat. And I mean, only high last year, but it doesn't matter when you are walking 18 and a half percent of the time, they're going to advance him. So he should be at double A to start the year. And all of 2022, he had 397 at bats with a 22.2% walk rate, a 20% K rate. I'm drooling. Uh, a BABIP of 376, which is going to be the issue that gets corrected at the next level, but with the OBP still being good, like 461 last year, push him up. If the OBP drops 100 points, he's still a 360 OBP guy at double AA, A, triple A. Um, he could still be, you know, the Babbitt could take a 50, 60 point dip and he's still over 300 with it. There's a lot of room for um, Austin Goche to become a secret stash. But again, this is dynasty talk. This is not your redraft. You don't want to go pick him up with your last pick. Um, yeah. That's what James Outman's for. Anyway, uh, the Lux thing sucks. Everybody was pumped up because he looked like Conor McGregor. Um, when spring training started, you got the bicep pick early and then people got excited. But do you remember one big armed guy who disappointed us for several years recently? Ty Colorado just signed him. Big arm guy, big, a big arm guy with a big bat, heavy swing. Oh. Yeah. The moose is in, is in Colorado. Yeah. I didn't know that we were talking about their body types. Um, so you, you lost me a little bit on that one, but my apologies. I, it's interesting. It's interesting because I don't I don't know if he's a lock to play. Um, I doubt yet. it. Yeah, like it'll be interesting to see whether they they send him down or if he if he cracks the squad. It could be one of those ones we've talked about recently about getting the call by a certain time or or no dice. But yeah, I'm, I'm there's not a lot to be excited. He is hitting 417 in what's probably 10 at bats so far. So that's that's interesting, even though. I don't think you could hit 417 in 10 at bats, but the uh, point is there. You might have four hits and nine at bats, maybe that might that might make sense. But it's definitely an interesting pickup there because it definitely puts pressure on Nolan Jones, who we like. Uh, it definitely puts pressure on some of the first base corners that they have in the system. Um, Toglia, who's had a reasonable spring, you've got uh, who who's the uh, Montero's the other potential. 
Grant Levine's the other one. Yeah, Montero's the other corner. So that like they've got a lot going on. I think Montero back in in AAA if you want to give Moose a spot because I'm sure he's got those opt outs, right? Like if you want to just like try to see what you've got, but you don't need to have you know him and Cron and. I don't know if Brian's going to be back and healthy and normal. Like, I don't know what kind of power you want to bring every night. That's going to end innings, which yeah. that's Mustakas. That's Kron. They're just trying to do one thing. And then what are you really getting out of uh, Charlie Blackman now? Like what's reasonable to expect? He's not that he's a power hitter, but like, you just don't want these guys who are going to have a lot of strikeouts um, to be littering your lineup. Cause they're going to be ending your innings when you're trying to make rallies. They're just Mustakas will be getting out, but if you can hit for power, or sorry, if he can hit for average, um, that would be great. But can he, or is he just like you said, Ty had a few hits early in spring. Yeah. I'm actually surprised they hung on to, to Charlie. Like they, uh, they obviously have some loyalty <laughs> to him, but I thought for sure he was a candidate to find himself on the move. Uh, definitely thought that was, that was going to happen. Speaking of guys on the move, Will Smith uh, landed late. This spring in Texas, interesting. Add some depth to that bullpen. I think the days of him closing the games are over, but this could be a really strong 7-8 iron for hold save leagues. You know, there's still some strikeout upside here. Not a bad sign by Texas, if you ask me. They got a a good deal on a guy that can get people out. There were rumors he was going to Miami. For anyone out there getting jiggy with it. That's a deep cut. I heard that song at work today. You know what I said, Ty? This song slaps. It's been a year. It's not a bad song. It's not a bad song. Never forget. Anyway, Edwin Diaz, who everybody does want to forget, uh, is out with the patellar tendon injury. I don't really want to get into the whole WBC injury thing. I think it's stupid. You could just as easily be excited over anything you do in spring training um, or, you know, walking, making yourself a grilled cheese sandwich. Whatever happens, you can get hurt. So I don't. I think that's kind of irrelevant to this. He's out. What do we do now? Uh, you've got Dave Robertson. You've got no. Yeah. Well, I think Dave it's well, the one. The one thing that I think is really interesting. Is really. Yeah, with the with Diaz, I can see Zach Britton ending up there too. He's still floating around as a guy just to add some depth. It's kind of a high ticket signing. He was in New York. He, he you know, there's a lot of things that line up there. Uh, but the interesting one, how hard is it to do a, a jump in a celebration like? How many times are guys going to get hurt in this thing? Like that has nothing to do with WBC. Like, do you not know how to jump? Like, I just don't, I just don't understand it. Like, that's the thing I can't wrap my head around with these injuries. It's just, well, once upon a time, Mariano Rivera got all mucked up, um, shagging balls, right? He loves to do it. He just got hurt once. So it, it, injuries are super random, but for this one, I kind of have the Rayleigh Ottavino Robertson thing. I, I mean, we talked about it, what a couple weeks ago with the RP thing, Ottavino, value just popped up but because he yeah. did finish well last year anyone who only looked at the stats would be like oh Ottavino's a a good guy to have so he's probably got some value already in your dynasty leagues you're not getting them i would mm-hmm. once again like to raise my hand and point to uh brooks Raley, who can now come in and be assured to be in your hold league your points league once again relevant and potentially however the mets want to do it because he's a lefty he could be a closer if if the night requires it so i think he could now be in contention to maybe pick up five plus saves depending on, you know, we got to see what happens in April. Um, But the nice thing is that the Mets are still set up decently. You know, they kind of had six starting pitchers. They had a pretty good bullpen. They still have both. Now they've got, they still got five guy wrote a five man veteran rotation. Uh, They still have a decent bullpen. 
but like i mean the wind taken out of the sails you know that marketing what? department has some work to do for the fan base once well, again. i don't know they picked up your boy today did you see that who dennis santana is now a met oh really wow yeah. i have not seen that that's exciting <laughs> i had a long day you know in time you know who Ooh. you know who could be a really interesting addition to the bullpen um that nobody's gonna talk about for a couple weeks here uh is eliza hernandez starter could turn closer uh mm. upside tyler mcgill less likely but also could fall into that category as well so those are two guys that i think have the potential to fill some back inning roles for that team and like you said like they've got that depth uh it'll be yeah. interesting to see how they use it david peterson looks like he's pretty much locked himself into that uh fifth starter spot he's been pretty good in the spring so yeah i think those other two very easily could be the back end pieces that the Mets need to to fill that out. I like that idea. Now, somebody that we had kind of uh, banished away, turns out he's going to be okay. Mike Clevenger is back with the White Sox. I mean, he wasn't good last year when he was with San Diego. Um, So just so everybody knows he's back. Like, I don't. I mean, listen, the, the only thing is like, he can't be a whole lot worse than he was last year. So like right. coming back, right. You got to assume he's, he's going to beat what he did last year um that's that's just i think a safe His wife and no i mean no well for talking well, the, fantasy probably yeah but the the mike clevenger bobblehead for for family day is off now so <laughs> oh, oh, man. i just i am on fuego baby anyway uh clevenger's back if you care cool um ryan mcmahon ty this is a fun exciting one with the brendan rogers injury which we'll get into shortly um, he's going to eventually become the second baseman, and that's very exciting. And Nolan Jones could very legitimately be the third baseman, which is kind of what we were talking about earlier. He can't suck real bad, or Mike Moussakis is going to cut into it. And and maybe that would be the move that they want to do, is they want to have uh, Moussakis up with Nolan Jones so that they aren't just um, punting it with two younger guys um, and then see what what comes of it. But it's interesting to kind of create a little bit of competition in camp. They also um, are trying to push Nolan Jones. He's been getting a lot of at-bats. We'll talk about how they've been going later. But knowing that you can now get Ryan McMahon, who's going to become multi-position eligible again, uh, depending on your league setting, it should be no later than, what, the 10th game. I'm sure he's going to start every day. So he should be second base eligible, get 10 games in after Colorado's played their 10th game. Um, this is a good a good dynasty move for us for the next two years because after the 10th game of this year when he gets second base eligible he should be able to carry it over and then it's a matter of, did they move him to third at all based on what happens throughout the year you know does he return to third i guess is what i should say or is nolan jones going to become the third baseman or is he going to be a left fielder type floater guy uh it creates some interest in the the sad news of rogers being hurt yeah i mean i i think jones is is definitely on the bubble right now he needs a strong finish to secure a roster spot for me because otherwise he needs to get regular at bats to figure out or reset. Yeah, uh, you can't give but, him 10 a week in uh, you know, whatever, your Thursday, Sunday games. Like that's you know, that's the, not gonna work out well for him with a pinch hit here and there. He needs playing the, time. The real issue though is they don't have outfield depth. Like they they're really shallow with outfield depth right now. They've got uh Bryant, who's not even a um traditional outfielder blackman right. who and that's the other thing there's no talk about him going to third right like they're they're not talking about brian they're talking about jones is now like the guy to yeah. go to third why but, wouldn't brian be the auto 
because they have no they have no depth. They've none. Like they have zero. Right? Hillard's gone, right? They have yeah. um Blackman, Daza, and and uh Nolan Jones, right? Like that's and that's Daza's straight average, which we talked about yeah. him in the outfield thing. And the other thing, he's the other field. guy he's the only guy that can play center in that group. Right. And and the other guy that I was really excited about was Sean Bouchard. And and I mean we'll talk about it later, but Sean Bouchard could be gone all year. It's likely yeah. he's out all freaking year, and I am so sad about it because the door was already open for him with everyone healthy. Then with the injuries, it would have been like, now you could be a starter. You know, you could look at 450 plus at bats and then boom, he's gone. I believe best case scenario for him is four months, but it's more likely the year is gone. And I think he's 26 closing in on 27, which means next year he'll be a whole year older with uh, zero at bats underneath him after having an amazing 2022. It's a major setback in dynasty. And I've been picking him up in a lot of leagues, so I'm not cool with this. <laughs> um, because well, I wanted it, but the Nolan Jones um, potential here could level off. But it's again, it's got to pay off if you have both guys. And I mean, we might see Zach Veen a lot faster because of all this, right? Like that, absolutely, that's a real reality here. Is that if the if those corner guys or Jones struggles and you don't fill those spots, you're going to need Daz's to slide to a corner. And the best solution that they have is is Veen, like because they don't have like Harold Castro is not going to run out to center. You're no. certainly not going to see any of the guys that we just mentioned. So, well, Grichuk's the other play guy every day in center. center, right? Grichuk's yeah, the other guy Grichuk. that can do it, but but you're not going to be um, wanting like you want Grichuk to lose the job to someone who's playing better, but he's the default guy that will get the get the at bats. But again, um, not the perfect scenario either way. Well, how so, long is is Grichuk out for? He's got the sport injury. How long is he? I I don't know that that has a specific timetable at this point. Okay. So, so yeah, but I'm just kind of looking at him problems. as somebody who could, yeah, yeah, the Rockies are in some trouble. Also in some well, trouble, yet again, another national starting pitcher, uh, Cade Cavalli. At least this time, he wasn't up in the rotation when he um, was destroyed, but he's now going to be having Tommy John. This is the third of, I think, their three best at one point in time, at least, prospects. Uh, Mason Denenberg is another one who was down, and uh, Jackson Rutledge is the other. All three who were once upon a time, their one, two, three starting pitcher prospects, all Tommy John. Um, it's upsetting. Uh, not as bad as all the hype around Andrew Painter. And I mean, we previously had the conversation about him too, Ty. UCL spring now. Um, we know where this could lead. We know that this is going to potentially, and I'm going to say worst case scenario is the Nate Pearson thing. So let's not have anyone, you know, go jump off a cliff and sell painter right away. But just keep in mind, if you are hearing worrying news from the Phillies and someone else in your league is like, I would really like to have them. I'm really willing to take a chance. You know, if you got that guy in your league, look at what he might be able to offer to you in legit prospects. And this is definitely a situation in my mind. If you're making a dynasty trade with a top 10 starting pitcher, and in some instances, some lists, a top 10 prospect, um, you get a two for one minimum back and you get a one guy who is going to get MLB time this year, which will help ease the pain. If painter does come back and is dominant and you also have your second prospect who should be absolutely legitimate and you could make that kind of a deal. If you're thinking of making a move, um, I don't know Ty. I just kind of did that off the cuff. Do you have any idea if you were going to be trading for or trading away a painter, what you would be looking for in that scenario? I'm taking someone there, close to the show and someone with a super high ceiling. There's a zero percent chance I'm trading Andrew Painter. Um, oh wow! The injury, 
The injury, from what I've seen, is four to eight weeks. So that suggests it's not very severe, uh, unless something came out today that I didn't see. I don't. I don't think this is that bad. Even if it is, we're still talking about a twenty-year-old with crazy upside. I'm still not trading him because if I'm in a dynasty format, I'll wait for the injection of that butt muscle into his his elbow, and we'll <laughs> we'll get going. Uh, so, like, I I don't see this as a problem either either way. As a dynasty owner, now if I'm in okay. a redraft, you dang right. If somebody offers me anything at all, like I'm taking it. But right, and you get I mean, those this... keeper leagues too, right, Ty? Where you have really interesting, like every keeper league has different um, costs associated sometimes with keeping players. Where you know it's like a fifth round pick if you've kept seven guys, and sometimes for prospects, it's like every prospect after four is like a fifteenth round or later pick. Like there's all those things where like effects. Um, I like to rank them really high because I know that they always seem to have the exact same impact on your fantasy team, but people want to really heavily weight the bats for prospect pedigree and forget the fact that who wins your leagues just as equally. Well, it's your pitchers, right? It's the guy who goes out and throws 140 innings when he was expected to throw 10, you know, at the end of the year, but he ended up putting in basically a full year for you. Those guys are the ones who are your league winners just as much as, um, I, I don't know, name name your top prospect who comes up. It can't be Jared Kelnick. It's, you know, your Julio Rodriguez type guy who's supposed to change the world. Well, there's also starting pitchers like Spencer Strider who do the same thing on the other end and don't get the the respect. So anyway, yeah. um, one-time prospect, one-time disappointment, one-time cusp player, looking like he was about to be an everyday starter, injured, Leody Tavares, shut down oblique strain, um, Ty Q, Josh Smith, Clint, slash Jackson Frazier, Ezekiel Duran, and the guy who will actually win the opening day um, roster spot, Bubba Thompson, battle. Uh, now there's roster spots up for grabs with Texas, and I love it. I think this just for sure in ensures Bubba Thompson gets in. Um, but Josh Smith, I'm going to guess, has the next spot on the bench. First guy up, fourth outfielder. Uh Jackson Frazier, who I'm going to call him that because that's what apparently his name is, despite what a lot of fantasy sites are doing, calling him Clint still. Fangraph still calls him Clint. Um, but I don't know. He's He's been okay, I think, in the spring. I don't know if you have his stats up here, Ty, but he, he's been a player, at least. Um, and Duran, I think they can just suppress a little bit. It's not a big deal to have him I can him certainly up. find him really quickly here. Um, sure. MLB, MLB.com is still showing him as Clint. So, you know, if they're leading the charge, that's it. He... He had a hot start, 34 bats, 206. So, I mean, I, oh, okay. I think you're going to see He's cool. Josh Smith and Bubba in a righty-lefty platoon to start uh, just to ease Bubba in. I think they're going to want to keep him on the bench in some games for late-inning speed uh, with yeah, that's the way legit. that roster is constructed. I think you don't have a ton of need for the defensive piece because if they're going to win games, they're going to win a lot of games by scoring runs. Um, but Late in games, I could see him. So I, I think that you're going to see a little bit of both usage. And if you look at what that bench is going to look like with guys like Sam Huff and all likelihood making that team at some level, I think you're going to have a need to have him on the bench sometimes. So I think that's that's going to be why he cracks it and why they go platoon. And also, they like Josh Smith. Josh Smith, what you don't see on the stat sheet is that Josh Smith has a ton of hard at-bats. He puts a lot of baseballs in play. Doesn't show up in fantasy, but you know when we're talking about roster decisions, that stuff matters. I do think there's way too many people way too high on Ezekiel Durant. Uh, I just don't. I'm not saying he's terrible. 
He's definitely a better deeper league. I just think he's, from what I've seen, he's going way too early based on people thinking he's got a path to a bats. But like half his at bats are gone to Josh Young. Like already, they're gone. They're not coming. Interesting, back. interesting note here, Ty. The the potential exists for Josh Smith, Ezekiel Duran, and Clint Frazier to all be potential bench options with Correct. Brad Miller. Um, but Duran, Smith, and Frazier were all teammates with the Yankees two years ago. Yep. So that's fun um, mm-hmm. that they have, you know, now they're all still going to be competing instead of it being on AAA. It could all be there. But anyway, uh, very disappointing for me because I've got them everywhere. The the dreaded forearm tightness, Ranger Suarez with the, with the Phillies. Um, I'm not going to get too worried about this, but him in conjunction with Painter and um, my fear of tightness becoming shut down. It, this is not ideal to have in March for Ranger Suarez and the Phillies. So well, say Suzuki on top of have... Zach Wheeler just being an absolute pile of garbage right now. That rotation's in big trouble. It's it's early, but it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Spring training, yeah. you want highlights, not uh it'll pan out. But um say Suzuki well, like he's barely good. made it out of the first inning, though. Like that's like in multiple starts. That's the concern. Okay. All right. Well, Seiya Suzuki is hurt. He's going to miss at least the first week of the season. That's the outfielder with the Cubbies. Um, the fun part there is that they have nine potential guys that could all fill in. So it's a matter of who do you want to see? And, you know, basically, what are we going to see a week from tonight? Uh, head, headed in for lineups over that next week. You know, how are they lining guys up and where are they going to give opportunities to? So um, Yuli Gurriel, who went from being like a batting champion to a disappointment on a world series winning team to getting a minor league deal with Miami along with uh shortstop Jose Iglesias, who was, what did he bat last year? 302. I think Iglesias batted with mm-hmm. Colorado, both the guys on minor league deals. Um, I mean, it does still look like Jordan Groshans is going to be a starting MLB or with Miami, but I could see Iglesias because we know he's good defensively and we know he makes good contact. Um, Miami absolutely addressing the high K thing that they've had recently with Luis Ariz and Iglesias now coming up. That could be your middle infield if you want to really cut down on K's. I don't know that they're going to want to give Iglesias a starting job, um, but he certainly is still a major league asset. And in the one league where the real money auction league that where I have him, um, I'm very glad that he got a job because <laughs> I, I wanted him to be a legit short uh, starting shortstop somewhere. And I think he's got a great chance with Miami, but more importantly, Yuli Gurriel really screws some stuff up with Miami. Um, and I don't like that. So I don't know how you feel Ty, or dynasty dynasty guys and girls out there feel. Um, but Yuli Gurriel is the type of guy who should just play in Miami very much get in the way. If you will, uh, Jorge Soler at bats could be affected by this. Um, Probably not Avisel Garcia. He typically is right field, not DHing much. But I'm looking here at um, John Birdie possibly being affected. Jesus Sanchez, and then uh, yeah, like I don't know, Garrett Cooper. I guess too. He is their first baseman if they just want Guriel to DH. It's it's not you know it's not really like crushing anybody here. But at the same time, this is the way to completely wash out four potential fantasy assets with one signing. I think they're going to go with Yuli just because of what they've talked about in the offseason in terms of trying to attract or bring in guys with contact bats. And they've done that, right? They brought in Segura. You know, now they've added Yuli. They've they've kind of made it clear some of their players that, you know, Jesus Sanchez has gotten moved down the depth chart. 
uh, a little bit because of his contact rate. Now, like those are the things that they're doing that are kind of right there and obvious. So it's just a matter of of following that trend because I just don't see a scenario where uh, Yuli doesn't open the season as as their starting first baseman uh, or DH right now. That that kind of is interchangeable for him, but he's a pretty good defensive first baseman. I, I think he's going to be that guy uh, because I, I think they want to change that culture of that team. And if you keep running the same guys out there, you're not going to do that. So I, I think they're going to use it for that purpose. Uh, yeah. It would make I, their I, lineup tie two two mashers only. And that's Chisholm and Jorge Soler and they're top of the lineup bats anyway. So it does the idea of Guriel coming in. Um, it does allow him to kind of be slotted anywhere. And then we are assuming Jacob Stalin is going to be better than he was last year. There is some hype coming around Nick Fortes, who's like a catcher first base mm-hmm. type guy. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that you might be completely fine with having Guriel kick around. And I mean, I mean, we're not close to making final roster cuts. He would be a final day type cut, um, Guriel, that is, if he wasn't in the plans for Miami. Yeah, I, I don't think he make he goes to Miami if they didn't make some guarantees, if I'm honest with you. I, I just think it's he has enough pedigree that at his age, it's like, guys, listen, if you're not going to play me, don't waste my time. I, I think that's a yeah. conversation that was was had there. But I think it does a couple important things. If if Jazz, if we're assuming Jazz is hitting two, which I think is the safe assumption, and you put Guriel right behind him and Solar behind that, that combo kind of works out. You got some guys that are going to get on base, put a little pressure on the pitcher, and then you're going to go to your big bopper that just needs some pressure to get good pitches. So, you know, I, I think that roster construction makes a ton of sense. So it'll be interesting to see if they if they go that route. But I, I if I was a betting man, I, I that's that's what I would do. Okay, well, Ty, I know you as an informed man more than a betting man. Vladdy uh, dipped himself out last week from the WBC alleged knee inflammation. Uh, what say you? time to he's trade to right yeah no he's good to go <laughs> you hold you hold you hold i mean he was my uh first round pick in the in the surf league um oh was I, oh I, you went I was, okay i was 12 it, i you know it was tough like i could have went um machado who was who was my other guy that i was looking at but i had targeted jung a lot later i think jung's gonna be the rookie of the year so i i targeted him for a later later acquisition so I made that decision based off of, of that. Uh, it was too early for me to take the risk. And, and I also think Vlad's just too far back. Like he had a what most people consider a bad year last year, and he hit 30 home runs. And and that team got better around him. So I just don't I don't see a way that he's not better. And and I think I got a, a steal there. But I think anyone that's concerned about the injury shouldn't be. I think that was listen, like he got a little tweak, kind of like Freeman we talked about earlier. And it's just like, listen, you're not going. Uh, we 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 pay you to be here. You're too important to this team. You're just you're not going. So, um, I I don't think there's any concern at all in that scenario. Okay, uh, San Diego's wasting a roster spot on Rugnet Odor. That's all we need to say about that. Uh, more importantly, JD Blade was getting time with Oakland right off the hop in center field, and I was getting ready. I had the note could be a sleeper over Astur Ruiz. Nope, he's been sent down. Now, Blade was not terrible, was not overmatched. However, Oakland just made it clear that they wanted him to be in minor league camp over major league camp. So um, I, everybody, well, go ahead. One thing there, Robbie, I think the other piece of that, though, is that Kristen Pache made it clear he was going to take that roster spot. Yeah, 
Pache has also looked good, and I think that's exactly it. They they said Blade is not a bench player; he's a starter. So he's going to go back to minor league camp, and he's going to be our starting center fielder at AAA. And that's exactly, in my opinion, that is exactly what's happening. I know it sucks if you are like me and have multiple Blade dynasty shares, and you're like, "This is the time. This was the right trade." Well, just hold on. You know, just hold on to it now. If anyone's getting frustrated out there in your leagues with the Blade move because they thought, you know, what's the deal? You know, Pache kind of came up and out of nowhere had had this strong year. Um, or sorry, not not um, Pache Ruiz and Pache came over in the trade last year and wasn't good. Why is Blade not getting the shot? Well, because Oakland's going to slow play it a little bit and make sure that this wasn't a flash in the pan. They want Blade to be legit if he's coming up. So. It's not ideal. I wanted him to have a strong spring and to get a lot of at-bats against MLB pitchers. He's back now in AAA, and we're going to have to wait and see. And Pache didn't have any options. That's the other piece of that equation. So it was, was always really gonna, out of options? Yeah, he's out of options. So I thought he was, that like was the other. Is he 24? Yeah, but like Atlanta yo-yoed him a little bit in that wow. season with all their injuries, right? Um, so hmm. it, that's part of it is that you know, that decision, like, Blade probably would have made that team if uh, Pache didn't have it because there's not there's not a real reason to move him off. But I, Blade now, there's a couple guys, Kevin Smith, put a little pressure on But I think you're right. Go get regular bats. I think we'll see Blade in May, May, June, whatever whatever that, that deadline is, we'll see him. Uh, I would prefer I for him months. to miss six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks, whatever, and come up and just be part of the team moving forward then i would have him come up and you know do that little thing we see with a half a dozen guys where they're up the first half of april they're really struggling then they get sent down it's like a mercy demotion and then it hurts them um speaking of like a mercy demotion nick eaton got that (laughs) thanks to jackie bradley jr signing with the royals and a lot of people out there thought nick eaton was really good and he was last year but where where was he gonna play or where is he gonna play if Jackie Bradley Jr. is legitimately a royal and taking time away? Um, I'm a little upset about that. There's also uh Dearden, an outfielder with Houston, who uh I picked up a few shares of this offseason in Dynasty. He had a monster double A year, got promoted to triple A, and then didn't finish strong. Again, we're I'm talking about a minor leaguer 25, I think he will play this year. And um should be one of those guys who comes up struggles the first time makes the adjustment and then takes off. Um, I like him with Houston. I, but again, Houston has disappointed me in recent years with their promoting of outfielders and then not giving them time to play. JJ Machevitz is one example. We also have Jose Siri who now with Tampa Bay is apparently going to be a liked player after everybody completely <laughs> disliked him last year. And I was the only guy out there on the Siri mountain. Um, but anyway, Dearden is another guy with with Houston who's popped up now. Have an eye out for him in your dynasty leagues. And then Ty, a, a legit catcher, has signed an extension. Yeah, I mean, Kyber Ruiz, high contact guy. I mean, the, the big thing here, Robbie, that I think this is an interesting signing for me. Like, th- he didn't have a breakout year. The deal is pretty team friendly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, if you're if you're Kyber Ruiz, why? Very happy. Like, why, though? Like, oh, why? Uh, you're saying why? Like, if I just, I, oh. I mean, for me, like, if you if you think you're great, like, this is always the concerning thing for me. Like, if we go back and we look at the, um, uh, what was his first name? Polanco in Pittsburgh, Gregory Polanco. Like, one of the first guys really to be part of that, like, extension of arbitration, right? Like, that was yeah. really where it Matt started. Matt Moore to was, like, st- the most severe case of it. 
Yeah, and so like, like two starts. Like, <laughs> but just look at the history of all these guys, right? Like if you go back and you start to to stack it up, like the guys that sign these deals don't have a great track record. Um, okay, you know Acuna's was richer than this, right? His obviously has a pretty promising um, start to it, but like you know at the same time, like this that's my big concern. And and listen, I was in on Ruiz. I like Ruiz, but this scares me a little. Like I just you can't bet on yourself at that point with the pedigree that you have. What do you, what do you know? Um, so I, I don't know that it's reasonable. It's just, that's, that's the gut and I can't shake it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Bless you. And the, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't hit the mute button cause I had to cover my, I chose my left hand and I couldn't cover the mic. Sorry, everybody. Well, you're, you are allergic to eight year extensions. All good. Um, and, and so, so we got a guy here with Tyrone Taylor, who was probably going to be the odd man out in Milwaukee, in my opinion. I think he was third, fourth outfielder, and I was so excited for him, Ty. So excited for him, and he's hurt for at least at least April, and that yep. sucks. Um, Garrett Mitchell's the center fielder of the future. He's he's going to be there now. We already know Yelich is the left fielder because you can't have. Uh, left fielder that sits on the bench that's called the dh and they're giving that to jesse winker who's already doing that uh and then right field now which is where taylor was going to get the at-bats looks like it's going to be um possibly like an owen miller mike brousseau which we know is not going to happen despite his strong his strong spring or brian anderson so it's a weird situation because i just don't think they're going to call up the uh sal frelick um prospect yet or the joey weimer prospect yet tyler naquin is a non-roster invite with milwaukee though so that would be one under the radar if there's some type of injury that occurs where he could swoop in and just become the starting right fielder well and and really interesting just a side note as you were going through that i just i just stumbled upon brandon nimmo got hurt today um looked semi-serious leg injury oh uh, so that could be another devastating blow to the mess. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you go and buy a team and they get hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guys that you yeah. already had go and get hurt and some of the new ones. Um, and then well, uh, Cody Senga, I guess we didn't mention that, that he, I, I forget what it is that happened to, to Senga. Um, I thought it was a hand was the, injury. Okay. Kind of thumb or something. Yes, that's right. It was, th- we were kind of talking about it at the draft, weren't we last mm-hmm. week? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, he, there's a well, shot I, with him and then go ahead. Sorry, before you move past Milwaukee, that was the only other thing I wanted yep. to touch on really quick. Um, like, there's a couple outfield options, right? And this is part of that infield cluster, right? Like, I, I think Weimer's in contention. I think Frelick's in contention. Um, but you also have, like, Owen Miller, who played some games in center field this spring. I think he's going to make that roster primarily as an outfielder. Uh, you mentioned Tyler Naquin. Uh, Toro is is another one that I think could potentially bounce to left field. So I, I think regardless, like Tyrone Taylor for me was always on the outside. Um, and, and I, and I know that doesn't sit well with a lot of people, but that's just, that's just me my specifically. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but now they're going to slow play him because he's going to get hurt and then he's going to get extended springtime well into yep. May. And that that's the part that eats at me a lot. Brendan Rogers, just so we're cover it here. Uh, dislocated left shoulder. I can tell you as a guy who has uh, been a trainer on a hockey team with a player who had a shoulder issue, it can become a massive deal um, depending on how he heals himself. And if he actually rests 
or if he tries to push himself a bit. If you try to push yourself a bit, you can have issues with your socket and you can have movement where your shoulder pops out more often. Um, I, there was the guy that specifically that I was kind of referencing who he would hit somebody. And sometimes if the hit didn't go over well, he would come to the bench and be like, my shoulder's out. And he would need to like either sit that day and the next day, or he would be like, "Can you try to pop it back in?" It was effing disgusting. But um, and this uh, this is a 16, 17 year old kid who's trying to do it. I don't think an MLBer trying to make millions of dollars is going to be pushing himself. So I, what I'm saying is, we could be without Rogers for quite a while here, which is going to allow that Colorado situation we mentioned earlier to kind of um, become fun and exciting for us, unless everybody yeah. sucks. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> going on there for sure. Yeah. So type right before we do spring training stats, because that's basically just you talking about guys that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are doing things that we do or don't care about. There's a couple starters who I think their dynasty value has recently dropped. Andrew Painter, in my opinion, his dynasty value has recently dropped. Joe Musgrove with the broken toe in San Diego, which we know could affect. And we kind of talked about beforehand uh, Adrian Morion, who could slide into a starter role. This could more or less kind of some pardon me, cement that. And then yet again, Tyler Glass now out. We won't see him till June at the earliest now. Um, this sucks. Everybody wants to see good things from... We don't want anyone to get hurt. But there are some guys who just... Except for Yankees. <laughs> and Red Sox. Sorry. Even though I'm a <laughs> Mariners fan, still F the Red Sox. Um, <laughs> Glass now is just not a dynasty buy anymore. You can't do it. He was once upon a time like a sneaky sleeper. And as soon as he kind of had that establishing year, that was it. That was the time to make your deal, be done with him, and then allow him to be good for that, whatever it was, 12-week period before he got hurt. I think it was 2021 was when all this occurred for him. And now we're like a year and a half later. So anyway, Glass now, um, if you're still in on him, you're stuck. you know. Uh, but Ty, spring training sets. I do have a few guys I will mention in and amongst your others. But really, my friend, the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, you you have a couple guys here that I'll, I'll leave for you. I mean, there's some really interesting stats. Like, Robbie, I've been sending you, like, constant updates on Mickey Moniak. Um, yeah, it's hard to block up. texts. <laughs> yeah, but but it's something, you know, we talked on about Mickey again. Moniak. <laughs> yeah, but if you remember, Robbie, this time last year he went off with some power numbers, and then he had a really unfortunate injury in the tune-up games right before the season uh, that derailed what would have been – him on a roster like he would he would have cracked when i don't know about mvp but like as much as i i like him that i don't see that but you know if you if you look at what he's done 34 at bats in the spring 14 hits uh he's got a couple stolen bases only four strikeouts robbie hitting 412 uh with a 1091 ops right so the it, it is the spring but you know we saw the progression of power last year he had a hand injury so the power is going to take a little bit longer to come back left-handed stick. I mean, he's a far more likely option to make the angels than Joe Adele at this point, given the right-handed bats that they have in that lineup. I mean, it, it could be the end of Joe Adele in Los Angeles. Like they might move him out for, for another piece, like, or, or move it back into further spot in, in the uh, organization. And frankly, he would benefit from it because if you look at what their bench is like Brett Phillips, like, come on, Brett Phillips isn't the guy like we've talked about. Brett that. Phillips is almost leading minor league spring training in strikeouts yeah. and he's going to have a roster spot. No, I, I don't agree with that. I, I actually think they're going to cut him. Uh, you know, I think I he's there. He MLB deal, though. 
Uh, I don't think so. I'll find out right now. I'm on there. Where did he go? Up, up top, up top, up top. He is what looks like on a major league deal. So, I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, I, I just, I don't, I don't see him taking a roster spot though. Like, I mean, you can't, you can't justify when you got guys to fill out that depth to, to carry Brett Phillips. Like, I'm sorry. Um, it just doesn't make sense because that like, you don't have a strong left-handed presence. You've got Shohei, you've got Jared Walsh and then Brett Phillips that, that just doesn't cut it. So if you're looking at the roster construction, you've got a guy that can play center field, right? You don't want trout playing out there every single night. Uh, you've got the left-handed stick. I, I don't, I don't see why they, they would uh, not take a serious look now. Will he crack it? I don't know, but that's an interesting one. One, another one, Robbie, that I think is a no brainer in every format that people have just went to sleep on for exactly no reason because his minor league track record is is legit. Um, is is Christian Encarnacion Strand in Cincinnati was a big part of the uh, Tyler Molle trade, I believe, um, going to to Minnesota. Absolutely yeah, destroyed right. uh, minor league baseball as a as a member of the Twins, uh, and you know the Twins hate having legitimate power bats, so they they were like, we got to get rid of this guy. Um, <laughs> so they sent him to Cincinnati. And, and, you know, he had an okay finish to the year or, or last year, um, you know, whenever, whenever he got there, he had an okay year. Um, and, and at the end of the day, this is a guy that is hitting, has 15 hits in the spring, 26 at bats, Robbie, 15 hits, 13 yep. RBIs, four bombs. Uh, Joy Votto's on the shelf right now. There's a real chance he cracks that team out of, out of uh, spring training, just out of necessity. Um, and, and Joey Votto might never be the starting first baseman for Cincinnati ever again. He might play DH, he might spell, but this this could be the the changing of the guards because he's doing everything he can to to win that that job, um, and and probably has a real shot. So that's an interesting one. We all know about Jordan Walker being great, so we don't need to talk about about that one. Um, the one that I think is for me, I want to flag Robbie, and I flagged it before. Um, is Tristan Cases. Now, he's hitting okay in the spring. He's hitting 389, 1089 OPS, two bombs, six RBIs, five strikeouts. He's not going to be a huge strikeout guy. Um, sorry, he has nine strikeouts. I, I read the wrong line there. Uh, nine sorry, strikeouts. Did you say Cases? Tristan Cases, yes. Yeah. So, uh, just for anybody that's heard me transition, because I was all in on Cases. And then as he got to the upper minors, like the thing that I've seen is a lack of balance. He's strong. Like he he's lifting balls out in the spring that probably don't go out in Boston, right? They probably don't go out in the, in the fall, right? So he's going to have a couple month window where maybe he can lift it. He's also going to be facing significantly better pitching. But like I've watched him a couple times now and just anything off speed, he's absolutely lunging at and he's just got some hand-eye coordination. But when you're talking about a guy like Cases who you need in terms of value to hit for power, like we, I'm really concerned about the power because he's more than strong enough, but like he he's playing in a depleted minor leagues right now, uh, you know, depleted spring training rosters. Right. He's only got two home runs and 36 at bats with talent. Pool. Like, yeah. Like with, with, with a guy that you're wanting to see power numbers from, like uh, for me, if, if you ask me strand or, or cases, it's a no brainer. Like in a strand all day, every day. And and I think a lot of people have it the other way around. 
And and I think that's like why I want to flag cases because I I just see him getting exposed in a really really big way. You know, J- Jason Dominguez is very similar, um, less of a of a bottom half problem, more of a top half problem for him. But it's it's just these guys that everybody thinks are going to be great because they're strong. That doesn't make you a great major league hitter. Ask Franchi Cordero, who by the way is hitting five thirty eight in the spring. Yeah, um, having a huge great spring, spring. great spring, <laughs> fifteen thirty eight. Like he's for sure going to crack that squad at this point uh, in Baltimore. I, you know, we we've had we have a good body of work from Franchi Cordero. I don't I don't know that he's all of a sudden going to turn that light switch, but definitely if you got an empty roster spot and you want to take a flyer, like Franchi's going to get some at bats. So it's it's not it's not going to fall on deaf ears. Um, and and sticking with the number of hits, which I always like to look at in the spring. Jared Kalanick, you mentioned earlier, 14 hits, four bombs, nine RBIs. Yep. Uh, and the Good big spring. thing is the strikeout numbers. Six strikeouts and 32 at-bats. Like That's a significant improvement against the starters, right? So one thing you, a lot of people miss in the spring is if you look at a guy like Buddy Kennedy, right, who's also having a decent spring, is he starting every game? Probably not, right? Whereas Jared Kalanick's getting run out against the starters every single game. Um, so th- those things matter when you're looking at spring training stats. Um, and so for me, Kalenic's on that list of guys that we want to look at. The power numbers are always a little bit deceiving with the wind, right? A guy like Derek Hall in Philly is going to get way overblown. Um, a big, strong guy, 297 batting average, but five bombs leading um, spring training with Matt Olson, who obviously Matt Olson's good. You're going to want to take a look at that. Both guys today, Ty, just hit those fifth home runs. It was a four-man race that started with Kalenic and then started to build up. Everybody started to catch up. And then finally today, those two guys uh, hit bombs that broke them out in front. Well, But if you look at the guys that are chasing Michael Conforto, uh, who we've talked about as a guy, that's a huge underrated piece Um, moving back. The signing in San Francisco is the worst thing that happened to his fantasy value, but you've got Mm -hmm. Andres Shaparo in in New York, who's never going to play. But having one hell of a spring for people that are staring at stats. All yeah. of a sudden, he's going to be like, "Wait, what? Why isn't this guy playing?" <laughs> that's exactly, and that's it. exactly it. Do you want me but to like, hear? Ty, go ahead. Finish your right. point. I've got a pitching transition that's fun and exciting. Well, I just want to finish the home run things because it's important sure, yeah, to yeah. recognize these things really quick. Like, if you just go down the list, like you've got Jason Dominguez with four bombs, right? Jason, these are the guys. <laughs> these are the guys that people fall in love with. Um, I, I'm I'm not out on Dominguez. I just there's there's a weird swing here. It's it's a little flat at the top of the zone. I could see him actually getting beat like middle and in, um, like lower in the zone. And so I like it's a it's a weird it's a weird swing, and and I just think he's gonna get beat in a couple spots, kind of like Chris Davis, where it, there could just be a bottomless pit that makes him not a pro. That's that's the big concern I have with Dominguez because obviously the rest of the skill sets there, right? The kid can obviously hit for power. He's making good contact. Uh, so so there's just an alarm bell going off there um, that he might not be the superstar yet. Uh, but that certainly, it's certainly too early to say he's not going to be that guy. Sorry, Robbie. And then um, no, no, go ahead. one last guy that is also on this power chart, um, but does have a little bit of a strikeout flag that thinks going to crack the roster as well as Parker Meadows in Detroit. Um, I, I think he's going to make that team uh, because he's been better than his brother. 
Uh, <laughs> he actually <laughs> there's a, there's a real outside shot that his brother gets cut because of him. Uh, no, but not likely. It's a joke. Um, but but it's it's there. So you know, just just the guys at the top of the list. Like I always like to look at at hits and power. Um, or who's making good contact? Like not just contact because there's lots of hits in the spring. Um, but who's hit who's hitting doubles to go with those power numbers, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it, that correlation it's not not super high um, because the the most home runs with anybody on the leaderboard doubles. The first guy that pop up pops up really is Tristan Gray with Tampa Bay. Uh, he's got three bombs and four doubles, right? So nobody nobody before that on the doubles list has has more than four. So and Gray won't you know, be going up against starters also, Ty. Never, right? But Franchi's in there uh, with two bombs and four doubles, right? So, you know, there's just things that you want to compare. It's never one stat category. I think that's where people get lost in the spring. Sorry, Robbie, go ahead with the pitching transition. For sure. Well, I'll just put a a bow on your um, talk about watching who guys are batting against with Joe Adele. He started the spring 12 strikeouts and 22 at-bats, and that was major flags right there. But since then, uh, he's only had three Ks his next 12 at bat. So although the line looks really bad, he has actually adjusted within the spring. Now, this could just be who he's gone up against might have control issues or be working on a pitch. But again, well, when you get into the minutia of this, you've got to consider those things. And Joe Adele making a minor improvement at this point. Uh, the dynasty value is totally league dependent right now. Like there are leagues where he has a big price tag, you know, attached in contract leagues, sorry, salary leagues. Um, guys are just hoping to get rid of them or they're so they're in so deep they just can't so they're crossing their fingers like he makes the roster they're crossing their fingers to get out from under this what it now looks like bad investment well and and he has started to come off of the bench uh as well so like those those are bats okay. in the in the back half of that stat are probably against some of the reserves now we are to the spurt like part of the spring we're starting to see the real bullpen start to to come out more regularly. Um, so we're not, we're not all the way there yet, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a flag regardless. It doesn't matter how you look at it. Yeah. So just some uh, things of note for people quickly rhyme off a few guys who are doing well with K's Matt Boyd with Detroit's the most impressive 17 K's nine innings. JT Brubaker with Pittsburgh has 20 K's Cole Reagans with Texas has 20 K's. Um, but then this one here, Ty, I want you to guess the team. Okay. I didn't write it down on purpose. Excuse me. So these are people buying for a potential SP4, SP5 spot. <clears throat> Aaron Brooks, Angel Sanchez, Sanchez, Wilmer Font, Julio Tehran, Cole Hamels. Do you have a rough idea? If you do, don't say it out loud. Just yeah. say I have a rough idea. Yeah, I know exactly who it is. Ryan Weathers, yep. Jay Grom or Groom. Um, okay, so say the team. I can even tell you who SP4 and 5 are going to be. Just say the team now. It's the Padres. It is the Padres. Um, so tell me who you think is going to be SP4 and 5. It's it's going to be Tehran, and it's going to be Weathers until Hamels is ready. The other guys in potential here, Michael Walker, who because of his deal, I think he's SP3 there with Darvish and Snell, 1 and 2. Nick Martinez is battling for a spot. Also, and this is just, I think, silly, Seth Lugo, potential starter. But you know who's going who's gonna to sneak in here, Ty? That's right, everybody. Brent Honeywell Jr. is going to sneak in here. And why, you ask? 11.1 innings pitched in the spring, 16 Ks, and a 1.24 whip. 
That's right, everybody. It's time to go and get yourself some money from the well. Yeah, but his um, ERA is like 14. Irrelevant. <laughs> it's 6.35, <laughs> and that is irrelevant. Anyway, let's, I just thought that was down kind of from like three days ago. So that's. <laughs> I just thought it was it's kind definitely concerning. Like the honey. I just don't know how you push. don't run. I just don't know how you don't run Tehran out. He's been excellent. I, I just yeah, I, I mean, see that you know, as an. I almost said Anderson as Pinoza, but I thought that was more of a giveaway because he's like the prospect who left, came back, whatever, because uh, he broke, finally got some MLB time with the Cubs. But once upon a time, he was an elite guy in a trade. Um, I don't have any other pitcher notes, Ty, but I'll very quickly just say my other well, hitter notes. No, one, yeah. one really quick like re- recant on what I just said with Tehran is that very much the opposite of, of Honeywell. His ERA got imploded in the last couple of days that I didn't catch. Oh, okay. Um, so whatever happened in the last couple of days, um, he's he's backed up on that statement. So I just wanted to toss that back in. Okay. Nolan Jones with Colorado. We talked about it earlier. 16 Ks and 33 at bats with a 100 average. Not ideal for a guy who basically has a starting position available if he can earn it. Uh, Ryan Noda, who was a rule five pick with Oakland, that just means he needs to be on their MLB roster. Looks like he could be in return to previous team mode, 16 Ks and 29 at bats in the spring. Uh, Juan Brito with Cleveland, he was part of what was the trade with Colorado that brought Brito here? I feel like he was the guy. Anyway, that's not that's not the important part. Uh, the important part is that he's got trade. No, no, Gritchick was Toronto. Um, Sorry, who did you say? Juan Brito, who's with Cleveland, he has 10 walks right now in the spring, and that is impressive. James Outman with the Dodgers outfield. Was prospect. that the Nolan Jones trade? Sorry. Uh, maybe it was the Nolan Jones trade, but I, I, Sorry. maybe it was. Yes, that might be correct. Um, James Outman, 1021 OPS outfield prospect with. The Dodgers, who looks like he should be SP or sorry, outfield four. Alex Call with Washington. He's amongst several potential Washington Nationals who could uh, get a run and then need to be a competent um, MLBer to actually continue earning it. 371 average, 925 OPS, two stolen bases. And within that 371 average and 925 OPS, no home runs, doubles machine. That's Alex Call. So he's still good in your OPS leagues um, if you can go that way. And Ty, I thought I'd mention this because I talked about wanting to possibly take him or Nolan Jones at the end of the Surf League draft, and I went with Jones. But Nolan Gorman, second baseman with St. Louis, 324 average, two dingers, nine Mm -hmm. RBIs, and 954 OPS. Impressive. We know there's playing time concerns there. Um, Will Benson, I talked a little bit about him on Twitter with some of the um, fantasy baseball friends we have on Twitter. 400 average, one home run, five stolen bases, and 30 at-bats. I love Will Benson. I loved Will Benson a year ago when I took him from you in the Rule 5 draft in the Real Money Auction League. I wanted good things for him. It didn't happen. Um, everybody loves Corbin Carroll. I love me some Will Benson as a potential starting center fielder with the Reds and the fact that he could just get to play. Uh, he can't suck, right? He can't bat buck 60. He's got to be a legit uh, contact bat, which has always been the fear with him, high Ks and potentially low average. I'm hoping that that's in the past. Corbin Carroll, who got an extension, eight-year extension, still tie has zero home runs this spring. But hey, power's the last thing to develop. Haven't we learned that? Anyway, um, joking, everybody, it sometimes doesn't develop. Eight walks this spring, <laughs> which is great. 
So he's patient and the average is um, plus 300. And Tim Lopes, the actual second baseman for San Diego this year, just kidding, um, is currently the spring training MVP. The Lopes, who was a Mariner, then moved around last year, has a 452 average and a pretty solid stat line across the board. Isn't spring training fun? Ty, do you have any other fun, exciting name stats or things we should know this time in March? This one's going to hurt a lot of people, but he's looked really sharp. He, if you need the whip to be great, that's the one alarm bell. Um, but if you're looking for some cheap strikeouts, you say Kikuchi's looked really, really good in the spring. Oh, right. And, yeah. We haven't even and, and not just like big strikeout numbers, which he's always kind of had, but the whiff rate is way up. Um, he's dusting people and, and it's just the walks, but he's been better. Um, he has nine walks in 13 innings though, Robbie. Um, oh, wow. and, and it's not know that, but he, but he's also been, uh, it, it almost looks as if they've been trying to teach him when to pitch around people right in the couple games. It's like, he's, he's not pitched to somebody that he has a bad matchup against. He's kind of faded them a little bit and then gone right after the next guy. So those are the little things that you don't necessarily see um, in the stat lines in the spring. You have to watch the games, and, and that's one that I've seen a very different pitcher in the games that I've watched because I made a conceited effort to uh, – concerted effort, sorry, just to get in there. Con- conceited effort. Well, it is a little, a little conceited because I want to be right on this. <laughs> it one, was conceited. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, um, you know, this is one that I, th- I think could be real good value given the fact that everyone's so out on him. Uh, there's just the strikeout upside – the win upside is there, you know, you're, you're going to get beat up on the whip. So if you have a walks format or anything like that, be careful. Um, but the batting average is 136 in the spring, Robbie, which real good. So, you know, he's not, he's not giving up hits. That's for sure. Six in, in 13 innings. So there's enough there. Yeah. Jeffrey Springs, I think is one that a lot of people had some doubts on. He's been dominant in the spring 0.4 whip, um, just nine innings, but no earned runs, uh, three hits in those nine innings. One guy that I'm super interested by, uh, just a guy that when I saw him pitch for the first time, I was astonished by him, and that's Graham Ashcraft in Cincinnati. Just a really odd, easy-looking 99, and he's been okay in the spring, uh, 15 strikeouts, just two walks in 11 innings. So that's a guy I could see kind of being a breakout on the on the pitching side. Um, you know, a guy that just not a lot of people in on like Brandon fats, a guy that's, you know, everyone's kind of looking at, he's had a great spring as well. Nobody's really paying attention to those second year guys that, you know, are, are ready to grow into it. Like, I know you've got a couple guys, Robbie, that you like that. That's a guy that I could see stepping out of the shadows. Okay. Yeah. Josiah Gray certainly would be the one on my list, like leading the list for me as forgotten. Um, Ooh, I do have one more to add, Robbie. Yeah. Yeah, one more to add, Robbie. Just a guy that everyone's forgot about, and you know I own him everywhere, Robbie, and that's Dustin May. Um, yeah. I just I keep talking about him because I just don't hear about him. Don't think enough people are high on him. He's been really good in, in the small sample in, in the spring so far. Uh, he's going to have a, a job handed to him. So I just I think people need to pay more attention to to some of those bounce-back guys. Okay, fair enough. Um, if that's it, are you good? Good for now on the spring training. Of course, I'm good. I'm, I mean, I'm always good to to banter. 
Uh, with Although the last one pod, on Twitter. you were like, I still got 19 guys I want to mention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had yeah. No, I'm good. You came with a list. I didn't expect it to be as long as it was. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, upcoming podcast things. We've uh, had a little bit of conversation about what potential topics could be with some people through Twitter, um, things of that nature. So people do want to know some prospect information, um, specifically like the likelihood of guys making either opening day rosters or impacts by midseason, which is always important in Dynasty. You don't want your uh, entire prospect um, or your minors, however it's set up in your league format, to be teenagers who we're not going to see for four years in a best-case scenario. So, you know, who might be some late-season pickups, or sorry, late-off-season pickups that could help you out before the All-Star break. Um, that's a good one. Somebody else had suggested we do a top 25, under 25 dynasty ranking, which I think is pretty pretty fun topic. So it's basically, who are you going yeah. after, regardless of what's what people think right, right now? Who are guys who you know we're kind of banking on for team building? I think that's a pretty good one. Um, and of course, people still want to know first-year player draft stuff because drafts are happening every freaking day. Yep. And, and I think Robbie's audio is a little choppy there for a minute. So if anybody uh, has that, um, Robbie's basically just saying good content coming. Get excited. Uh, there's a lot more to cover uh, as we go into the season here and as we wrap up the rest of the spring. But um, let us know who you got questions about, right? If you want to send us a message, who should we look at from, from guys that maybe we didn't mention today? Should we get excited about some of these guys? Uh, let us know. Hit us up at Dingers Pod. But until then, it's been Rob and Tyler here on Dingers. <laughs>